Welcome to the Radical Remission Project Stories That Heal podcast. My name is Kelly A. Turner, and I'm a PhD cancer researcher, New York Times bestselling author of Radical Remission and Radical Hope, and the founder of the Radical Remission Project. In this podcast, it is our honor to bring you inspiring healing stories directly from radical remission survivors themselves, as well as from the amazing doctors and healers they work with. Hello, and welcome to the Stories That Heal podcast. This is Carla, and today, Liz and I are excited to welcome our special guest, Dr. Michael Carlfelt. Dr. Carlfelt is a board-certified naturopath. He has devoted his career to practicing and promoting natural health. He is a high-demand speaker, author, and educator in his field. Dr. Carlfelt provides personalized naturopathic health care. He treats the root cause of diseases and strengthens the body's ability to heal. Dr. Carl Felt has practiced medicine for over 30 years and is one of the leading experts in treating cancer. Dr. Carl Felt works to increase awareness about natural ways to treat cancer. Welcome, Dr. Carl Felt. We are so thrilled to have you here with us today. Well, I'm so excited to be on on this podcast. It's going to be so fun, yeah. Because you you guys are doing such powerful work, and and I'm I'm honored to get to to be part of that in a little bit. Well, well, thank you so much. We are thrilled to have you here as well. To, as uh, we get started, I'm just going to kind of kick us off with uh, share with us about how your practice embodies the lifestyle changes and utilizes the 10 healing factors uh, in your, you know, patients' lifestyles? Well, I mean, I, I believe in those 10 you know, healing factors so much. I, it is actually kind of my, the last chapter of my book is, is uh, dedicated almost to radical remission and the, mm -hmm. the 10 aspects. Because, I mean, the, there's no greater value than to learn from other people that have gone through the journey before. You know, what they did and uh, percentage-wise, what is the most effective tools. And at the end of the day, cancer is caused by something and it didn't just kind of come out of thin air. And so you really then need to evaluate and see, you know, what's going on in my life and what is it that's promoting, you know, this type of result. And I've, I feel like cancer is more a communicator it 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 comes and let us know that we you know there we we really need to fix something fast and otherwise we uh, we're not in our life's path we're not in our you know purpose we're not connected we don't have the you know emotional the you know community support and we're not eating right we're not um uh, we're exposing ourselves to chemicals toxins and things that we we need to Kind of look at, and so we need to do this evaluation of our whole system, and see where are the weaknesses, and what can I do better. And and that I mean, in my book, we go through that a lot, and then also in my my practice, my clinic, the patients that I see, uh, that that is foundation. Yeah, you know, that is truly foundation to do. That's great. And let's just remind the audience what your book is titled. It is A Better Way to Treat Cancer, A Comprehensive Guide to Understanding, Preventing, and Most Effectively Treating Our Biggest Health Threat. So it's full of great information. Thank you for that quick synopsis. And thank you for making the last chapter all about radical remission. Um, 
And since there's a lot of information in your book, you know, I just want to focus a little bit on diet because that's always the hot topic. That's kind of the place where people start. They feel like they know what they can do there and that they know they need to change things. And then there's so much information out there about healthy eating um, and some of it con conflicting information and contradictory and confusing. And so how do you recommend people choose the most appropriate anti-cancer diet for themselves? Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. We can have, like, for instance, when, you know, during the summit that I just did, uh, different speakers, and, and they're all people that are well-recognized, and they do a great job, you know, guiding people through their cancer journey. Um, and uh, still, their approach in regards to diet is completely, seemingly opposite. So, yeah, one saying that you need to do ketogenic, and you even have people going carnivore. And then you have another group that is then, you know, saying you've got to be all plant-based and, uh, you know, and that, that's the way to do it. So it, it, it is confusing for the person out there. You know, for me, I would say, and, and I, I do cover that in my book, obviously, but for me, it is important and you can look and see, you know, certain cancers do better with a ketogenic, other cancers do better more with a plant-based and it, it's a little bit on knowing the individual where they're at. And, and it does become a clinical judgment, you know, from my point of view, because uh, I, I don't have all my chips, you know, in, in one of the categories. I, I feel that a diet should be personalized and, and, you know, depending on the individual. It is important to eat a nutritionally dense food. Yeah, you know, so that becomes really important. Uh, secondly, it is really important to make sure that you control the the sugar, yeah, you know, because uh, the the cancer is able to adapt and adjust and uh, feed on several different substances, you know, and so it's not just sugar, but sugar is the biggest one, and uh, you can control the other ones to some some aspects, but. Uh, you, you also need to live. Yeah, so you, you can't, uh, and that's where the most important is to make sure you fuel your body so that the tissue can repair and you're in that anti-inflammatory state. You're not dealing with elevated sugar. Uh, so I, I would say just for a normal Joe out there that just want to eat a good diet, I would say a, a healthy Mediterranean diet would, would be a really, really good one. Uh, and then if you want to kind of hit it hard with ketogenic, you know, there, there's some benefits for certain cancers, you know, for that. Um, or if you want to kind of go the more the Gerson style, you know, and, and really do uh, plant-based, you know, there's a, that's very anti-inflammatory, very alkaline and very detoxifying. But then again, it, it all depends on where the individual is at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I like to remind people that the, the stress over every morsel they put in their mouth is worse for them than just eat if you, you know, to live, right? To enjoy your life. Occasionally you do have to let yourself have a little indulgence. Um, but knowing yourself, right? Whether or not that one little bite is gonna tip you over the edge and you're just all back into that junk food diet again. So, you know, if you're the kind of person that can't take one bite, then don't. <laughs> but I want to ask you this because you know the cancer and sugar thing is so controversial, right? So the a lot of conventional um, practitioners will say that you know sugar does not cause cancer. Well, we know it doesn't cause cancer, 
but it feeds cancer. And it's always astounding to hear that from a practitioner who doesn't recognize that sugar can feed cancer. Um, and I want to know this, what's the, is it true of all the types of cancer, like blood cancers, you know, uh, cancers that form tumors? Like, is it true that the glycemic level in your body is impacting your cancer? Well, so anything that will show up on a PET scan would be something that would feed on, on, on sugar, you know, because mm -hmm. I mean, the essence of PET scan is just wherever there's high metabolic activity and the sugar ends up there. So it means that those cells crave sugar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and if we use that PET scan to, to image, to see where tumors are, then it would then make sense that, you know, those areas then feed on sugar. So if we stop feeding those areas, then they were, that they'd be more in the starvation mode. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> In regards, yeah, so that, so that's, you know, conventional doctors, I mean, they, they all, all would agree that. And, and also you, in order to keep then, you know, cell lines uh, alive, like the HeLa cell line that's been around for, you know, decades, you know, you, you feed them sugar to keep them alive. And so uh, obviously if we want to kill something, we also at the same time want to starve it. So we, we do then, you know, don't want to, feed them things that they like and enjoy and they can grow. Uh, so the, what oncology, I would say what research have done, you know, previously is that they focus a lot on the kind of the genetic aspect, the, you know, seeing is, is the genetic dysfunctions that's driving cancer. And there, there are no ifs and buts about that, you know, that plays a huge role. Uh, but we've only been able to get so far in regards to that, you know, with all that knowledge and understanding and manipulation of those genetic dysfunctions, we haven't come really much closer to a, a better outcome. So uh, we're having to then look at a little bit further, and that's where we find then the metabolic aspect of, of cancer uh, and recognize that it is a metabolic dysfunction and with that, then we, we want to see you know, why is it shifting in that direction and what is shifting, how is this shifting as its metabolic processes and, and it's moving it towards more of a fermentation like process. And that's where sugar is a, is a very, um, it's a very great substance for it to ferment. And, uh, and, and that tends to kind of be more where we're looking at. And we are also getting great success by addressing that aspect. So one, one last thing about diet, and then we'll, we'll move on because there's so much else to talk about, but are there any other cancer fighting nutrients? Um, you know, those uh, powerhouse foods, products, anything like that, that can support somebody on their cancer journey that you often recommend? Yeah, there there are a number of them, and and obviously you have both uh, the uh, foods and then herbs and then roots and and mushrooms and and things that are really kind of uh, bring a lot of cancer fighting punch, you know, to it. Uh, things like spirulina, uh, blueberries, you know, you have raspberries, you know, you have uh, the different uh, certain seeds, you know, like the black cumin seed. Uh, obviously, you got the the turmeric, the ginger. Uh, and then you have the different mushrooms like the, you know, shiitake, reishi, and, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, maitake and you know, all these different mushrooms and, and bringing some of that in into your diet on a regular basis really adds value and also support your immune system in, in battling cancer. And it's been been, I mean, it's been fascinating, like Dr. William Lee and all, all his research that he's done in regards to some of the cancer-fighting foods. Uh, and by bringing in just a certain uh, certain amount of that, uh, the, um, the changes that they see in the lab work just based on that is, is tremendous. And, and it's, it's important for people to recognize that, you know, these foods, they it may just look like food, but they come with such nutrients that modulate, you know, the cancer behavior that modulate the tumor environment and the tumor microtumor environment really controls uh, the aggressiveness of the tumor. So if we can then bring in food that help to modulate all of that, uh, we're really bringing in a, a great ally. That's yeah. such a great way to, um, to really explain that to people like you know a simple thing as simple as a mushroom you know and and how it might just be something you would throw on a salad but really when you dig into it much more deeply there's so many medicinal benefits and and i really appreciate the way you you kind of just summarized that just now you have so much i'm you know to to go back to the simplicity of a mushroom or something along those lines um it can seem easy. Oh, just eat these few things or make these few changes. And as you know, as a practitioner, it's extremely difficult for people to adopt lifestyle change and especially diet change. I'd be curious, how do you handle that in your practice? How do you guide the patient to adopt the diet changes? Do you guys aid that, you know, add that into their, their kind of treatment protocol? Yeah, the diet is, is huge. You know, so I, I have kind of the foundational three, and this is from you know Dr. Paul Anderson. Yeah, you know, he's he's the one that grilled that into my head. Uh, not not that it's it's uh, you know rocket science. I mean, it's it's you know so diet is one of the foundational three. You know, spiritual, emotional, and then exercise. Yeah, you know, those those you you lay that foundation. If you don't have that foundation, then uh, everything you put on top of it is not going to be very solid. And mm -hmm. so in regards to diet, it's not an ifs and a buts. You know, if, if a person comes in and they are battling cancer, you know, diet is, is a must. And uh, uh, so we, it, it depends kind of how much handholding they need. If they need a huge amount of handholding, then I guide them to, you know, one nutritionist, if they, you know, feel like they're, you know, pretty much on it than, you know, another nutritionist. So, so it depends kind of the level of, of need. I have had patients and this does not happen that often right now, but I've had patients coming in and talk about diet. And, and so, you know, you know, this individual was saying, so you, you mean I have to stop eating my ice cream at night? You know, I've, I've eaten <laughs> ice cream all my life, you know, at night and, and I've been fine. And, and here they are sitting there with cancer. Um, <laughs> and so, so I, I, I tell them, well, you, you can either choose, you know, to, to, to live and not have ice cream at night, or you can choose to have ice cream at night and, and not live. And, uh, and, and there are this, this individual that I'm thinking of, uh, and it's a few, it's an example of a few of them that say that they rather actually continue eating the way that they have and not live. Yeah. It's, it's too big of a thing for them to let go of, you know, whatever that is. And, uh, uh, so 
yeah, diet is diet is a must. You 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 can't battle cancer uh, without you know, without diet. And and to Carla's point, you know, it's, it doesn't always have to be that you have to be militant, because uh, that is another another thing that's important to recognize as well is that you need to have joy in life. And if you uh, if you create a a food habit that makes you depressed and controlled and boxed in then that that is not a good habit so you need to figure out something that uh, brings you joy and at the same time is, is supportive uh, for your journey when when you're dealing with cancer or if you're wanting to prevent cancer yeah absolutely and i think it's it's a great you know that sums it all up it's really just having it as a foundational you know tool is really important um, I'd like to kind of move our focus over to another aspect that's brought up in your book about spiritual health and how you feel it is the most important factor for preventing and recovering from cancer. Do you want to elaborate on that a bit? Uh, absolutely. I mean, like I mentioned, the three foundations and this I, out of the three, I would say that this is the most important. You know, I, I would say that somebody can heal from cancer just by you know the the spiritual and the emotional uh, and then maybe do everything else wrong you know but if if that is really done well uh there there are people that have healed and have great successes just with this alone so uh to me this this is the the core of the core and for for us so cancer i look upon that as a loss of identity you know, so there, there's a certain certain tissue that feels that it it's not wanting to be part of the whole and it's not connected. And so the solution then would be to find that identity again. So it means that you as an individual is not grounded in who you are fully. And so you you need to find then that that purpose. You need to find the direction, and and it's and I'm I'm Christian myself, but it doesn't mean that that is what everyone needs to be. Uh, it I think it's important that you connect with something higher, something bigger than yourself, and uh, so that you feel that you have that that lineage of energy, so to say, and and having that support, so you don't feel like you're lost in the world, but you you're kind of part of a network and and that i mean community is really important but i think it really starts with that spiritual connection yeah uh, and uh, uh, and each individual has to find that on their own that that's each individual's journey and with that comes along purpose you know why am i here in in life and and why do i exist and what do i bring to the world you know so i had you know cancer patients that you know, they thought their purpose was just being a, a mother and their soccer mom and then driving their kids to school and and uh, and then cooking and then and, and that was it. And they didn't do anything else and realize and then developing breast cancer or, or some other type of cancer and realizing that um, they don't feel complete. You know, there's something else that they need to to look at and and explore in order to be able to uh, to find feel full joy in their life and obviously when you as a person it's is in that space where you feel joy then that also translates to the people around you so the benefit to your family to your children to your husband or you know if it's a husband you know that that is in the same scenario than to his wife um that 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 becomes really important so i've 
yeah, I can't stress that enough. And, and with that then comes along, then what are some of the things that are interfering with your ability to feel that joy? And then you start to look at traumas, you know, are there certain things in your past that is interfering with your ability to, to live fully and uh, also put your view on the world in a way that is not, uh, uh, the most you know joyous and and beneficial. Do you have any uh, proven techniques or practices that you recommend to your patients if they're really unsure how to begin with the spirituality? Yeah, so it it's and and it depends on kind of what their beliefs are. You know, like for instance, if and I always want to find out, you know, what what is their connection? You know, what is you know, if you're Buddhist, then obviously. Uh, connecting with you know meditation and also uh, connecting with you have the the dhamma sangha and the uh, what is the dhamma sangha and uh, yeah the, the the three things you know for the Buddhists but or you're if you're Hindu or Islam or whatever you are it's it's really then important to go back to the foundation and and really uh, take that time. Uh, to meditate and to pray and and to read whatever scripture it is, and so that you can kind of explore and 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 it's always it is fascinating. We live in such a sympathetic world, you know, where we feel we have to do 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 all the time. When when you do that search, it is the space in between moments, you know, where you find the thing. Yeah, you know? so uh, it is that you know it's it's kind of like when in, in physics we talk about the universe and where. You know, I found that a square inch of just space has more energy in it than all the matter in all of universe. You know, so it's just kind of recognizing the silence and the importance of it and being in that, that, you know, allowing yourself to, to enjoy that and just see then what is bubbling up. You know, a lot of times you just have to kind of wait and observe, you know, to see what is it that's coming, you know, coming forth. Yeah, so that is kind of in your in your search, and then you have uh, techniques in regards to the emotional trauma and and, and thoughts and beliefs that may uh, interfere with your ability, you know, and then success in that search. And there are a lot of great techniques out there, like EMDR, EFT. Uh, and we do something's called APN here, Applied Psychobiology. Recall healing, yeah, is a great one. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of wonderful techniques out there that is uh, that address and the 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 emotional and and traumas that are stored in the body. The Radical Remission Foundation is our nonprofit whose mission is to advance education and support scientific research on the topic of radical remissions. Researchers at Harvard have completed a pilot study to analyze the benefits of the Radical Remission Workshop and online course for cancer patients. Specifically, the research study is looking at the impact that the workshop and online course may have on patients' quality of life and dietary habits. The results are currently being analyzed and are very promising. If you'd like to support the Radical Remission Foundation as we continue researching radical remissions, please consider making a donation at www radicalremission.com slash donate. In addition to continuing the research, the foundation will offer scholarships to those in need of financial support in order to participate in a radical remission workshop. 
We believe that this information should be accessible to everyone who needs it. Please consider donating today at RadicalRemission.com donate. No amount is too small and every donation is appreciated. Visit RadicalRemission.com donate to learn more. If you would like to learn more about the Radical Remission Healing Factors, join a Radical Remission workshop to learn how to implement them into your life. You will learn how lifestyle choices such as diet change, increasing positive emotions, empowerment, and more can boost your immune system in scientifically proven ways. Our workshop follows a unique interactive format that encourages sharing and social support. You will create a self-designed one-week, one-month, and six-month action plan that you can begin to implement right away. For many, a Radical Remission workshop is the first step in finding a like-minded, uplifting healing community. The 10 factors of Radical Remission can be used safely by anyone on a healing journey, as well as for prevention. These 10 factors will aid you in improving your immune function and have helped many people overcome cancer or other chronic illnesses. Check out RadicalRemission.com to find virtual and in-person workshops, as well as other events. Thank you for that, Dr. Carl Felt. That was really enlightening and helpful, and I'm sure people will will be able to um, figure out their path with that little bit of help that you gave them on spirituality. What I'd like to ask you now is if you have a case study or two on patients who you've helped to overcome the odds. Yeah, the, uh, so the, the, there are a few fascinating ones and, and one that I'd like to bring up. As, so you have one dealing with, with colon cancer and she... Uh, she did surgery, and but she she was supposed to do all the chemo and all the other type of therapies after that she that she declined. But what she and she was a, a busy executive, and she uh, was somebody that was just kind of the go 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 and and neglecting obviously her herself and neglecting uh, her purpose and and just kind of living other people's purposes and and thinking that work and activity was was the purpose. And so it was fascinating, you know, her story when she, uh, when they find the the cancer, you know, she just realized that, ah, they found my garbage dump. You know, they, they found where I put all my emotions, all my traumas, all my, all of that, they found that. And, and, and so she realized that, yeah, you know, if if I you know where we can remove the garbage dump, but if I don't stop and change direction, then I'm just going to fill it up again. And so she really went on a journey, you know, connecting with with the with a high power, um, something bigger than herself, uh, quitting her or slowing down her work, and then later then quitting, and and then starting to do things that she was passionate about and and really enjoyed and. And now, you know, many, many, many years later, she she's doing fantastic, and and so uh, it is is great to great to see that. Um, and I love the garbage dump idea. That's just <laughs> such a great visual. So and so true. Yeah, yeah it it is. I mean, and and that is what because the body can only the body doesn't want to have 
you know, toxins and emotions and all over the body. So what it does, it, it concentrates, it's in one location, and then it walls that off. And lo and behold, you have a tumor. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, so as you're then on this journey, you need to then recognize, well, if, if I want to get rid of the garbage that's stored in that tumor, I need to clean up the rest of the body, uh, whether that is an emotion or, you know, chemicals or whatever that may be. Um, and another fascinating one was say, you know, a brain tumor, glioblastoma, and, and she'd been treated, radiated and, and chemoed and, and, and she came in and she had, and not very much function. Yeah, she was not able to kind of pick up things like holding on to pen and things that that was not a uh, that was not an option. And uh, uh, we we did treatments. You know, the first day, you know, she came for one of those intensive therapies that we do for a number of weeks. And after the first day, so the next day when she came back, uh, she she was all excited. She was able to pick up a pen. She was able to you know walk freely, and then. Yeah, you know, as a result, you know, after the therapies, yeah, you know, she was up and about, and they were hiking the hills and the mountains, and and kind of feeling life again. Yeah, you know, which which is it's so wonderful to see when when you see that that effect in in people, and so uh, yeah, so that 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 brought a tremendous amount of joy. Uh, yeah, and I, there's lots of stories that I can I can share, but it yeah, those, those, those are, are a couple of ones that that really stick out, and and that's really fun. Yeah, definitely two good ones because, you know, glioblastoma is so scary for people and um, radiation can change things so much. So to hear that your therapies can help people function again and, and enjoy their life, that's that's a beautiful thing. Thanks. Yeah, I love that um, the you've you've kind of put a spotlight on what we find one of the most rewarding things about this work is, you know, seeing when someone is reignited, when they see that little spark from lifestyle change and the impact of doing something that they did to have an impact and they embody it and they see that they've, they've had a say in it. Um, and just the kind of snowball effect it has on their attitude towards lifestyle change. And all of a sudden the floodgates open sugar, no thanks alcohol. Okay. I don't need that, you know, exercise, bring, bring it to me, you know? Um, and what a, what a gift and what an, for you, what an amazing opportunity to witness such a, uh, an incredible change so quickly. Yeah, it, it is really cool. And, and exactly what you're saying is that once you're feeling the difference, once you feel the impact emotionally, physically, your energy, you know, through the lifestyle changes, uh, it, it, you don't want to go back. I mean, you really don't, you, you really in, enjoy it. And, uh, and it's so frequently that I hear cancer patients, you know, after, you know, they do all the changes and we clean everything up and, and we uh, get them going on, on a good protocol. And they say, I, I feel so much I feel the best that I've ever felt. You know, I've, I've never, I feel like I'm 20 again. And, and, and that is what happens when you support the body appropriately and you get rid of the things that's interfering with its uh, normal physiological function. And, and that's what cancer just is. It's, it's just cancer cells that are uh, all of a sudden they don't feel nourished and, and supported enough and they start to get into survival mode and and then they start to behave differently and they you know feel they got to replicate quickly because you know 
uh, that little area of the organism is is dying. So it it goes into another mode of of expressing genetic expression and and how it produces energy and and how signal around its you know the tissue around itself to uh, to support growth you know for survival. And so we want to be able to get out of that survival state and. Uh, the way to do that is get rid of things that are is causing uh, tissue to to not survive to die. Um, we want to bring it oxygen. We're going to want to get rid of the toxins, and we want to release whatever traumas and emotions that are stored in there. And every and so we we want to do all of that, and then that cancer cell feels like, oh, maybe I'm not in survival anymore. Maybe I don't need to. Um, maybe I can just kind of change back to normal functioning again, and mm -hmm. and so so that's that's kind of the in my mind that's what I see see cancer. I like to call that loving the cells back to health. Exactly, yeah, and 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 that's exactly what it is. So we we have and they they see. So, so if you think of, of a baby growing, yeah, and a, a fetus growing, we know that it grows really fast and, and then, you know, these fingers develop, but then all of a sudden, you know, these fingers stop going. Yeah. They, they go to a certain limit and then they stop. So we have programming in the body and this is what's called kind of the blastotherapy theory. We have programs in the body where we have rapid growth and it's just kind of a, a normal as genetic programming that exists but then we also have programming where that stops so the key is then to be able to support the body in a way so that it intelligently can stop when it's not needed and so so that that's when we can then shift tumor behavior into then back to normal behavior which is what happens with a fetus that's growing quickly and then it just stops and then it's just normal behavior Hmm. Very interesting. I really did like the earlier you had mentioned that cancer is here to communicate something, right? It's a messenger. And I think over and over again, we we can, the three of us can agree that we see people finding these big ahas as they, you know, after, or maybe later after the, the diagnosis, um, what are these silver linings from, you know, having uh, this diagnosis and not to say that there, you know, some people refer to it as a gift. Um, what are the gifts that they've learned? Uh, it just depends on what people are comfortable, how they share. But I do like the idea of it being a messenger and what is the message that needs to be, and then really accessing the intuition to kind of help figure out what needs to be um, learned or changed. And then, like you said, the cells can kind of be a all right, it's time to go back to to normal work here. <laughs> exactly, and, and and that's the thing is that we, yeah, you know, like I mentioned, loss of identity. So if we then look upon cancer as something separate that we're needing to fight and get rid of and and kill, uh, I I feel we're then missing the boat. Yeah, you know, so it is it is important, and the body only has so many ways to communicate. Yeah, you know, when something is wrong. You know, we have things like pain would be a way for the body to communicate, loss of energy, you know, or feeling depressed and anxious, you know, but there, there aren't a lot of other type of ways to signal. And so if a, a person in his normal daily life just kind of push through those signals and, and don't listen to them, then the body's got to communicate harder. Mm -hmm. And but what is harder? Well, cancer is harder. It's kind of this is where the body's drawing the line and saying, either listen to me or we're both moving on together. Yeah. So <laughs> now, now it's time. 
And so, um, yeah, it, it it's, it's, and, and that's, that's the thing is to kind of know to like your Carlo, you were saying, kind of loving, loving it into, you know, to healing and, uh, you know, finding kind of sitting with the, the cancer and, and looking upon it as a little crying baby that, that really needs something. And we are there to love it and nurture it and support it and learn from it. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we'd like to ask our healers when we have our healers on for an interview, what do you do in your personal life to ensure that you have your own health and longevity? And and that is always the question, right? Because you, mm -hmm. it, it's easy to be a healer and, and it is harder than to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Right. So uh, I I like you know e eating well yeah you know, I, I, but still I'm not too strict yeah you because know, I still like to I eat for joy um it doesn't mean that I eat garbage food I I eat food that that I enjoy that that supports me um I I like to exercise you know my my favorite thing is is playing tennis and so to getting out there you know you, you get a lot of release of energy when you hit that ball hard. You know, so that that's my uh, 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 my my angst therapy, I guess. <laughs> Get getting out that angst, uh, and then also just kind of moving and 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 then also, I would say purpose is kind of one of my biggest thing. Yeah, you know, is that I I feel really strong purpose in what I'm doing, and and I'm really passionate in what I'm doing, and uh, I I feel very connected with what I'm doing uh, in regards to that. Uh, there's a higher power that that's guiding me and 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 uh, supporting me in the direction that I need to go, and I'm doing it in a way where I'm not um, telling God where I need to go, but I'm, I I want to be open for the the best, whatever that is, and and that is also the energy I like to bring to to the patients because a lot of times we're as a patient when you deal with cancer, you're very fixated at certain results that that you want to see and uh, so it is important to allow you know that the, the uh, allow it to play out you know you you make the changes and then you're you're there observing and allowing to play out and see what the next phase looks like and not uh, bring in a lot of judgment into what that phase is but to uh, feel like you know this and just kind of be present and see uh, and and receiving, I, I should say. So that that's kind of how I like to live my life, and I feel that that is that's guiding me, helping me a lot. Love that, love that. So um, I always have to have to know. Do you have a number in mind for how long you're going to live? <laughs> how long I want to live? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I'm. Actually, no, I don't. No, you know, I'm, okay. no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the, the person that is okay with whatever is, you know. Okay. So it, it's mm -hmm. not, I'm, I'm not kind of grasping onto this life, you know, too heavily. Um, I mean, obviously, I want to be here and and enjoy its its beauty because I know that whatever happens next is for a long time. So why not, you know, take take this moment and and enjoy this moment. Um, but I'm, I'm not the kind that says, you know, 120 or 150 or, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm okay when I feel kind of that, that I've been fulfilled and then I've, and I've done, done my thing. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I like to say, I want to, you know, make it to 101 healthy and sane, but you know, 
I like I, that I, you don't I, have I, the expectation. I definitely want to be healthy and sane to the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's not uh, like we're we're shifting a lot in the anti-aging community from instead of saying longevity, we say health span and brain span. And and those are the things that I want to have to the end at, uh, until it's time for me to move on. There you go. Love that. Love that. All right. So is there anything else before we close out that you would, you know, from your experience as a healer that you'd like to share with somebody that's newly diagnosed? Well, what what I really, and, and this comes up a lot, you know, through the podcast that I have that that I've had, you know, Liz, you're, you're on, on my podcast, uh, is, is that people have more time than they think that they do. And so it is important to allow to kind of sit and and feel, uh, give yourself the opportunity to really feel what is right. I mean, yes, you have the traditional oncologists, you know, the, yes, they are the experts and yes, they deal with cancer in and out, but they haven't solved the riddle of cancer, you know? So they, they don't fully know, even though they do this day in and day out, doesn't mean that they fully know the solution to cancer. We, we haven't figured that out yet. So it is important for an individual to, to really connect with themselves uh, and, and connect with a higher power and, and, and really feel what feels right for you so that you become the, uh, the one that directs the care you know, versus uh, your body is something that you give over to the doctor and let them do whatever they want to do to the body. You know? so, so I, I would say that that is number one. And number two, it is it is also important to kind of comes to terms with death, you know. So you you have to let go of the fear of death because anything that you fear uh, pulls you towards it. So you 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 need to exist in that moment. You need need to express life, live life, think of life, you know, think of uh, joy. Uh, so you you need to expand. Uh, the reason for living. So it's not just avoiding things, but it's you, you want to expand uh, the purpose. And uh, so that is, I would say that that would be kind of number two to really, and that's that's a hard one because, you know, you're not feeling well, you're seeing things grow, growing, you look at an image, you see your cancer market go up. It is hard to process that, but it, it's, uh, but it, it's important to, uh, to do that. Then secondly, then you you got to look at there's so many different options out there. You know, there's so many different great providers, you know, practitioners. You know, I do a lot at, at my center. People fly in from a little bit all over. But there are a lot of great people like me, you know, that, that offer a lot of great care. And so to look at uh, what is available, and that is part of that you know, gathering information when you give yourself a little bit more time. And then uh, seeing what's out there and then seeing what feels right, what you connect with. You know, there's not one provider that's right, right for everybody. You know, each of us is, is different and each provider bring a little key, little, you know, something that uh, maybe is exactly what you need. And so uh, to find that one that you feel you really connect with, I, I think is, is kind of the, the next step. And then just be, you know, just know that you're going to do it. I, uh, another thing that I say is you got to look at this as your your um, uh, 
your Super Bowl event. You know, you you got to look in. You, it's not as a quarterback. You don't come in, you know, playing. You're in Super Bowl and think that. You know, I think uh, hope, hopefully I'll make it. You know, hopefully I'll I'll do okay <laughs> today. That's not the attitude. You go out there and know that you are the best person on the field and you are gonna win. You're 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 a winner, and everything you're doing, uh, and you're resilient, and you're gonna get it done. And so, so those, those are my little pearls of wisdom, you know, for an individual that are kind of stepping into this. Excellent. Yes. I love uh, the very first thing that you said about you have more time. I have to say that we ask this question in almost every interview, and that is by far the most common answer. And I just want to emphasize that for people who are listening, because exactly what you said if you take that moment and you just have that pause and you don't panic and immediately just rush in one direction or another you get to to speak radical remission words you get to tap into that intuition and listen and then you can embrace the empowerment factor of kind of being the ceo of your health and taking on that role it's really scary by, by no means for someone newly diagnosed to feel the responsibility of making the decisions. Uh, so it sometimes is easier to hand that power over to someone. But I do love that you mentioned that right away because it's such an important lesson. And I really want people to hear that, you know, it's in some cases, yes, we need to move quickly. Um, but I would say at least most of the cases that we have seen, you do have a moment to really take it all in and make really solid decisions. So thank you very much for sharing that along with those, those other lovely um, tidbits on mindset and spirituality for sure. Um, now, as we wrap up, I want to allow you the opportunity to share with our listeners, any other wisdom you have to share or how they can connect with you if you'd like them to connect with you directly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I do, we mentioned our book a number of times and I, I, I really it, it, it's something I've, I've been doing in clinical practice since 87, so 36 years. So uh, it, it was time for me to write something and, and put some wisdom down on, on a piece of paper. And, and I am really excited about this book. And it is like a manual for an individual that uh, either they're on their cancer journey or they want to live a lifestyle where they don't get cancer. Yeah, it it contains information, you know, things that you need to be aware of, and it's a very practical guide and and you know what what to do. So uh, it is it's something that I feel is is of great value. And uh, then to reach us, I mean, uh, the best way to gain a little bit of information on what I do is to go to our website, and that is thecarlfeldcenter.com, and uh, we we offer a huge number of services. You know, one of the core aspect that we do is called photodynamic therapy and that is using then uh, intravenous uh, and external photosensitizer and couple that with laser therapy uh, to trigger that oxidation of cancer cells and uh, so so that is one of of the components that we do along with you know, other you know poly mba dca to work on the metabolic you know, curcumin to work on you know a lot of the cancer drivers and inflammatory and artisanate trigger you know oxidation using iron that is in cancer cells and vitamin c and ozone and all, all these different things that uh, that are powerful tools uh, but again emphasizing what we've discussed during the you know 
during our, our chat today is that all those things are layered on top of the foundation. Yeah, you know, those those aren't those aren't the foundation. Yeah, you know, if you don't have the foundation, these don't become as effective as we would like them to be. But they do exist, and we have them, and they are great, uh, safe way to address yeah you know, what's going on in the body uh, uh, along with the foundation. And where exactly are you located? I'm in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, Boise, so, Idaho. Yeah, so if you like nature, yeah, we we got lots of beautiful nature here, Wonderful. and uh, yeah, so it's 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 a it's a beautiful beautiful state, and also you know just like yourself, you know, the podcast that you do, I do a, a podcast myself, Integrative Cancer Solution. Uh, so you can just go under when you go to our website, you click on resources. Yeah, you know, we we you can find the podcast there. Um, also, I've done a lot of, I uh, used to run and do a radio show for a number of years where I interviewed leaders uh, in all aspects of life, but a lot of them related to cancer. So if you just go on my website and type in cancer, then it's going to be a huge amount of different interviews that I, I, you know, people that I interviewed like Walter Longo, Paul Anderson, Neil McKinney, and you know, all these different, you know, wonderful people that bring so much knowledge and experience you know, into this field. So that gives you the opportunity to kind of listen to those as well. Thank you so much for those resources. Now, do you see people uh, virtually or with telehealth? I, I do. So yeah, since a lot of people come from a little bit all over, then I, I do a lot of televisits uh, uh, frequently, but my initial is usually a Zoom, you know, so we can have a little face-to-face -face interaction. And and if it is appropriate for them to to come and, and hit a little bit harder at my center, then then we we do that. Uh, but otherwise, a lot of people I just guide through uh, through telehealth. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really wanted to make sure we we delivered the full message on how people can connect with you. Uh, but thanks for all of your wisdom today and all of the the tidbits. I'm excited for everyone to hear about your book and get their hands on that and certainly use that manual to uh, to help aid in their own healing. So thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much, Liz. And thank you so much, Carla. It's always wonderful to chat with both of you. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Carl Felt. And thank you for listening to the Radical Remission Project, Stories That Heal podcast. Once again, I'm Kelly A. Turner, PhD, cancer researcher and founder of the Radical Remission Project. If you found today's episode inspiring, we encourage you to share it with anyone you think would benefit. If you'd like more information about the Radical Remission Project, or would like some support bringing the 10 Radical Remission healing factors into your own life, visit us at RadicalRemission.com to find a certified Radical Remission Health Coach or to learn about an upcoming Radical Remission Workshop. And if you'd like to connect with Liz or Carla directly for health coaching, you can visit RadicalRemission.com forward slash about us. Most importantly, be sure to like, share, and please, please, please review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews are what allow us to keep finding sponsors and sponsors are what allow us to keep bringing you these podcasts. So thank you in advance for your reviews. One last thing, would you like to be on our podcast? If you're a radical remission survivor who's been in remission for at least three years, 
meaning that you either have stable or dormant disease, or perhaps even no evidence of disease. You can contact us at radicalremission.com forward slash podcast. The Stories That Heal podcast is a production of the Radical Remission Project and Cat Productions, hosted by Liz Curran and Carla Manz Giroux, produced by Ryan Giroux, music by Batchbug. Follow the Stories That Heal wherever you get your podcasts.